Hey everybody, welcome to the Marathon Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us wherever you may be. My name is Craig Henson, I'm your host, and I'm joined today by worship pastor Spencer Zook. Hey, what's going on? Production director <laughs> Jacob Hammond. Hey, y'all. And executive pastor Brian Cox. Hey, what's happening? <laughs> Not much. It's all fun and games. It is. In the podcast studio, we're having a good time. Oh, yeah. It's always a good time. It is. It's a good time. And hey, it's a great time on Sunday mornings right now because we're in this incredible series called Love Dates and Heartbreaks. And uh, I I can say this, I think, unequivocally, we have the congregation's full attention right now. We do. It seems that uh, we've said a couple of words, you know, that we... A couple of three-letter words? Yeah, <laughs> that got... Uh, I saw a lot of youth walk in the service Sunday. That was awesome. Yeah, so we know how to get their attention. Are you going to say that word? or Sex? Oh, he did it. <laughs> I, he did it. Well, yeah, you, should, you know what? I, I you should warn people listening to this. Dropping okay? bombs already. Yeah, we, not even a minute in. In all seriousness, we, we may touch on a little mature uh, audience, you know, a mature theme here in, during this podcast. So, um, PG 13? Nothing bad. Yeah. yeah. If, if your yeah. kids are in the car with you, you know, you just might want to think, Listen of, think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Think about it. Um, but I, I do feel like I need to clarify what I said about sex on Sunday because I think some people took it the wrong way. Uh, it wasn't a message about intimacy. And and I basically said that, that sex in a relationship is not everything. You know, it's if if that's all you got, eventually it's not going to be enough, you know. And so right. um, there's other things that the relationship have to be built upon. But let me just say unequivocally, I think it's very important in a successful marriage. A healthy sex life is a, is very important in a successful and godly marriage. Um, so, just take that for whatever it's worth. I think it, I think it is extremely important. But I love what you said. The next part you said on Sunday. Sex makes babies. Yeah, I thought <laughs> it, that was. It it does. If you didn't know that, you learned that Sunday. Yeah, but, you know. Hopefully, you added that to your notes that you were taking yeah. on Sunday. It's very important. No, I thought it was great what you said, though. Um, I think it's needed in church. I think a lot of times we shy away from the word sex, but um, it's it's God's creation. It's part of um, the intimacy in our in our marriages. So, in the context of marriage, I think it's it's a great thing, you know, and it's it's needed. It is, and really, my point was that it's not about having sexual experience coming into the relationship. It's about being exclusive, mm. and and that's what makes for a great relationship. And you know, for guys that are mine and Brian's age, we didn't talk about it in the church when we no. were coming up, and it was it was a big mistake, I think, on on the part of uh, uh, leaders in the in the church and teachers in the church back in that day that we didn't tell people the importance of that part of the relationship. But yeah, yeah I think it's vital we talk about it in church. Now, I, I have I know this is off topic a little bit, but I have. Um, two girls and found out real quickly that they knew a whole lot before yeah they were even in the fourth grade just so mm-hmm. you know that spencer you're raising yeah. a little girl i'm yeah and it's i was like i'm worried um, I'm, I'm a little nervous about it yeah and i'm thinking well i'd rather them learn that the correct way you know mm-hmm. and i think that's why it's important to talk about it in church even though it's difficult 
for a lot of parents because they don't they don't want to talk about it yeah and i feel like every parent um every new parent that you meet you know as their kids grow they're always like yeah it's they're talking about things like sex and that like really early earlier and earlier and Mm -hmm. uh i feel like that might be true you know um that they're just they're just learning it younger and younger and younger well and and they learn it from tiktok believe it or not yeah um from social media Mm -hmm. and this is what it is when i think the church needs to be very clear yeah what it's meant for and we need to be aware of where where it's coming from yeah yeah every once in a while i'll have a younger set of parents ask me you know about having the talk with their kids Yeah. yeah and you have to start about age four now and they always laugh and i'm like no i'm serious you you have to start and the the great no, news is is there's all kinds of great Christian resources out there, mm-hmm. uh, books to read with your kids that are you know that graduate up to you know different levels and I think that that's that's really important you you do you have to you have to talk to them open and honestly at a very young age nowadays you know when I was coming up you know when you're and we we just have boys in our family you know but when you know you got to be 12 or 13 you you know dad was going to roll in for the talk mm. you know but it's way too late you now knew it was coming <laughs> yeah it's way too late at 12 I, or 13 i don't know about you i never had the talk with my really? parents no i i just they assumed i knew what was going on <laughs> well i'll tell you what, how it I happened mean, for for me not to you know dog my parents out in any way i just don't think they knew how to talk about it yeah yeah when i was 12 and my brother was 14 my dad sat us down and uh and my brother was like is this the talk and he's like yeah we're we're gonna talk about this and and my brother goes dad we know more than you do (laughs) and he's like all right you guys have a great day and we took off (laughs) and and unfortunately we were preachers kids and unfortunately the college guys in the church had kind of you know filled us in already so Mm. So I say that to say, you know, we probably had a really jacked up view of sex at that time, and especially of women. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we're talking about the 70s, so things were different. But, you know, it it could have been better for us, you know. So what we, what we did with our boys is we did what I mentioned. We, we came across these books, and I think they were I, – I don't think they're in print anymore, the ones that we used, but I think they came from Focus on the Family. Mm-hmm. And we started reading these books with our boys, you know, when they were like four or five years old. And hopefully they grew up with a, a more healthy view of it than I did. That's awesome. I, I go back to what Brian said uh, the first week about the shotgun. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. That's about where I'm at, you know, with a daughter right now. Do we now. need no, to I... kind of explain that? <laughs> yeah, go so ahead. If a guy brings your daughter home mm-hmm. <clears throat> from a date, you'll be waiting on the porch with a shotgun. Yeah, you said a shotgun might you, offend somebody. I did so say you, you said a chainsaw, yeah, a chainsaw <laughs> and a shovel. A lot worse to me. I mean, that. it just seems you know. Maybe you should have gone wood offensive. chipper. <laughs> That's <laughs> even worse. And a wood chipper, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would have been awesome. So this series is based on this thought that people make relationship decisions that undermine their relationships. And uh, Brian, you started by talking about how heartbreaking it is to see people do that um and and you really kicked us off in a great way because you talked about these two myths the right person myth and the promise myth the right person myth says once you meet the right person everything will be all right Uh, if it doesn't work out you must have just met the wrong right person so then go and find the next right person Uh, and then you said the promise myth the promise replaces the need for preparation and you said promises are not a substitute for preparation 
And then this, this statement, it, it, it kills me every time I read it. When you're accountable but not capable, eventually you'll be miserable. And that's that's kind of where we started. And, and I think that those two myths and that statement really hit the nail on the head where relationships are in our country right now, in our culture. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to take a, a intentional effort to help our children understand relationships. I think that's why I wanted to do this series so much because I saw all the heartbreak around me, not just in teenagers, but in people my age that are losing their marriages and things are falling apart because they don't understand relationship. And, I mean, I, I struggle with that. I think we got a newly married man in here who's been married less than what? Uh, four months now. Four months now. So we'll let you mm. talk. We'll let you talk in a minute. Okay. <laughs> but I'm messing with him. But, you know, he's learning that, you know, the relationships are, if you're not prepared, you, you're not prepared. You know, yeah. you we talked about that. You had a promise and a party, and you had a great party, by the way. It was a great yeah, party. Was, yeah. Great wedding. It was yeah. a lot of fun. The cake was good. I will say, like, I don't think you can ever be prepared enough because going into we we had a great marriage counselor. We did a lot of work um, prepping, trying to be prepared for marriage, and I mean, there's just so much that goes into two people having such an intimate relationship, you know? And so I think I I told our life group, I think it's a, it's part of like how God created it for it to always be a pursuit of each other. Um, Mm -hmm. that, that continues the, the greatness of having a relationship together, you know? is consistently learning each other and um, pursuing each other and, you know, trying to figure it out together, you know? You know, I don't think I've seen anybody do as much homework in their premarital counseling as I saw you do. (laughs) Yeah, that is That guy was leaving no stone unturned. (laughs) Nope. So true. Yeah. Well, ask you a loaded question here. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. Y'all look at me like, don't do no, that. No <laughs> idea what he's about to ask. This might be dangerous. I don't know. But yeah, go for it. What was your most um, – what surprised you the most about being married that you did not expect at all? I mean, and I don't know if I ought to ask this, but, I mean, do you have an idea what, what that was, what – what surprised you? Yeah. Um, that you didn't expect. It just, oh no, I didn't know it was going to be like this kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm just going to say if we want to edit it out later, we can. Um, but <laughs> here we go. I mean, this is, this is real and just raw and authentic. Um, again, fair warning if you have kids in the car, this might oh. be the time to turn it off. Um, but I think it was. You know, growing up, my parents were very, um, like, they were just very open about what sex looked like as a Christian family. But, I mean, I didn't know what happened behind closed doors, you know? So I just, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It is definitely a good thing. Um, But I just always thought, like, once you get married, like, it happens all the time. You know, like you just lay down in bed at night and that's what you do. 
Um, but reality was is that, you know, there's a lot more to it. You know, there's a lot of um, really still pursuit about it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, even in marriage, it's not just a, um, a mindless act that is just, you know, great for whoever's mm-hmm. wanting pleasure at the time. You know, there's still yeah. a lot of intimacy and pursuit involved. Um, so I think that was the biggest thing that I wasn't that surprised me was I went into marriage thinking like, oh, you know, this is this is just going to be all the time. And um, reality is, is that, you know, there's still a uh, an intimacy and a pursuit about it, you know? Yeah. Very you good, think, Jacob. I think Very that's honest. the uh, if you grew up in church and you grew up um, with a, you know Christian family, I think you know you're obviously encouraged to wait until marriage, and so I I think that's why you know we we a lot of us have that kind of mindset going into is like well I can't have it before I get married, so once I am married, it's gonna be every day. Yeah, and it's yeah. that's not really the case. <laughs> yeah, and I think one of the things that that you you got and you guys are fairly youngly married. You'll find is that um, you have to be intentional. I mean, they'll they'll mm-hmm. come a place in in your life, like for example, when we had a five year old and a seven year old, like you have to start scheming. <laughs> you know, you you start scheming, and and I actually said this one time uh, in a message. I said. Um, we we would actually make dates you know yeah. i would i would get with amy and say okay when is this going to happen like we have to make sure this happens the kids are going to your mom's house or whatever that looked like and and you will you because life moves at such a pace uh hey in ministry or whatever job you have life begins to move at such a pace that you have to be intentional and you have to do some scheming mm-hmm. sometimes to make sure um that it happens and it is important to the relationship yeah, and I think I think what you said, Jacob, the pursuit mm-hmm. of intimacy is yeah. a big deal, and a lot of us didn't learn that till later in life. True, yeah. and you know, and and I think that's good that you're saying that four months in that, you know, for for our wives, it's it's a different thing for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, for us, it can be a mindless thing. Yeah, but for them, it's it's a lot. It's a, a lot of emotion, a lot of a lot that they they expect from that you know is they they yeah. romance and it's much more of a process know, for and, them yeah and they they want to i don't know i don't want to get too crazy talking about it but i think that i had to learn that you know if i if i want her to love me that way i'm gonna have to understand how to love her that way and i'm not talking about in the sexual sense i'm talking yeah. about yeah. in her love language her you know yeah we talked about this. If I cut the grass that day, yeah, <laughs> you know, if I wash the dishes that day, yeah. that, I mean, that's her love language is, yeah, is, right. is seeing. I always say, you know, I take my shirt off and go cut the grass. You know, that might, <laughs> but it's really it's not me taking my shirt off. It's just me cutting the grass. Yeah. You yeah. know, but um, I do think a lot of young people don't understand that that's what love or that relationship building. That's why it's so important that you understand your spouse, you know, that you understand what makes her happy. Yeah. You know, and that love language is is huge. If you guys are listening, you don't know about the five love languages. Mm -hmm. You need to look it up and and read on it. And it's it's very um, it's very cool to see how you can Mm -hmm. love your spouse and how that 
that fits into your relationship. And yeah, and it it, it kind of goes along with what Jesus said here. You know, believe it or not, and when he says, uh, "Love me like I love you, like my yeah. father," like that kind of love where you're thinking about them before yourself, mm-hmm. and that's what we're getting at. That yeah. you're pursuing love, yeah. But it's the kind of love that's thinking about their needs first, yeah, and their wishes first. Yeah, I was I was literally about to say the the biggest thing that has helped me in the first four months of marriage is approaching everything with selflessness it's not about you it's about her mm-hmm. and for her it's not about her it's about him yeah you know and i mean that's something that i've heard for a while but once you practice it you realize it's really true if you really put each other before yourselves both of you are happy but you know if if I buy Allie a pair of shoes and she buys me a pair of shoes, we both get nice shoes, but we're taking care of each other, you know? Yeah. And so that's kind of the way that I look at it and some of the example that I use is, you know, you both get joy, but you're getting it from each other. And so it continues to build that intimacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and Sunday I started to talk a little bit about some of the specifics of preparation, but Brian, you really laid the groundwork when you asked the question, are you becoming the person you're looking for, is looking for? And then as you alluded to just now, you, you said the key to this is being connected to Jesus and learning to love as Jesus has loved. And and to your point, Jacob, that's that's about the other person. That's, that's about looking at, at someone else's interests above your own. And we talked a little bit about that Sunday, but that statement, and I, I think people are catching it now, and they're starting to be able to articulate mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Are you becoming the a person, the person you're looking for, is looking for? And we really started talking about becoming someone. And it it doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of sex life you have. It doesn't matter. The semantics of your relationship don't matter if you're not becoming somebody. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I think that's the transformation that happens with Jesus. Yeah. Especially in a marriage, oh, yeah. you know, when you start living that way and loving that way, it's really hard not to love you when you love me that way. Yeah, when you love me like Jesus, it's really, you know, yeah. it, it it changes the person you're you're married to or living with or whatever your situation, you know. Yeah, and I mean, we're all married here in this room, but speaking specifically to those, you know, that are still, I guess, looking for someone. Um, it kind of it kind of happens naturally if you become somebody that they want to mm-hmm. be with, you know. And two, it's like it's something that you can be becoming someone already, you know, and be working on, even though you don't have that person maybe in mind or you don't know who that person is, you can already be working towards that. You know, mm-hmm. there's something that if you really want to be with someone and you have an idea an idea of who that someone is you can already be becoming someone that they want to be with you know mm-hmm. yeah. you know i think that there's there's an idea in our culture that where we think oh if he would or if she would and this is really mm-hmm. about no what do i need to do yeah what you know where do i need to grow uh what needs to change in my life and i think that if we would all own that mm-hmm. all of our relationships would get better yeah for sure um 
one of the things that I feel like I've just heard, you know, rumblings here and there, but one of the th- things that I think has is happening is I think that some of the single people in our church are recalibrating their expectations of this person. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've we've actually seen a few I don't know if heard I stories, say. we're not gonna yeah. name names, but yeah. 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 A few breakups. It's definitely here and there. challenged yeah, it's definitely challenged people's way of thinking and their their self-worth you know saying like i'm you know i should have somebody that's willing to pursue me and yeah you know yeah so sunday i jumped in and and one of the cool things about scripture is that jesus has given us this command to love each other as he's loved us and the apostle paul takes that that truth um that command and he you know, he kind of gives us the tools. He gives us the the practical applications. And so we jumped into 1 Corinthians 13, where Paul writes, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. And it does not dishonor. And I kind of I kind of stopped there um, in 1 Corinthians 13, and we're going to pick up there this, this Sunday. But um, we talked a lot about kindness and, and a lot about honor on Sunday. And one of the things I loved, and, and Andy Stanley said this, he said, kindness is loaning someone your strength rather than reminding them of, of their weakness. And I almost took that, you know, for somebody who's been married now for 37 years, I kind of took that as him saying, um, when you have a disagreement and you're going to, you know, how are you going to approach it? Are you going to approach it with kindness? Um, are you going to start pointing fingers how are you going to relate to this person that you know you say you love? Um, are you going to focus on their weakness and what they've done and and all those kinds of things? And that I really took that to heart because um, I don't remember who said it, but you know some marriage guru said you know that a successful marriage is about learning how to fight, and what he means is learning how to fight the right way. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, but I think there is some truth to that. I think fight's a strong word. Yeah. But you're going to have disagreements. You're going to you're going to be at odds from time to time. And I think um, if we could take Andy's statement and apply that, we'd be ahead of the game when those you know disagreements arise. I've heard that said a lot. Actually, it's been said to me this week. Um, if I say something to Brendan, she's like, "You're not honoring me." <laughs> I'm like, uh, "Thanks, Craig." <laughs> but uh, that was Paul, not me, the yeah. Apostle Paul. <laughs> but it actually it actually does make you think twice before yeah. you speak. Hmm. Not just in your your marriage, but other people. Mm-hmm. How you treat other people? Are you honoring yeah. them with your words? Are we, you know, what's the what did you say the statement was? Um, loaning someone your strength. Mm-hmm. I thought I think that's awesome. Yeah. Rather yeah. than reminding them of their weakness, which usually if they hurt us, we're going to remind them of their weakness. Yeah. You know, and I think I mean this verse. It is great because it does speak into marriage and relationships. Mm-hmm. But I think too. I mean, whenever you think about love, like we as Christians are supposed to love others as we love ourselves. You know, and I think it speaks to those relationships as well of friendships and mentorships and bosses and co-workers and whatever i mean family you, maybe family, yeah family is hard to love yeah but Sometimes. i mean reality is is like if you really love that person love is patient love is kind it does not envy it does not boast it's not proud and it does not dishonor all of those things are super important 
if you really want to create good relationships um, and love the people around you, you know. Um, and I think, I mean, yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to do with specifically what we're speaking to in this series, but I think it's a huge, huge thing, um, kind of kind of something that I have no tolerance for um, is you know, we as Christians are supposed to do this. It's like the number one command that Jesus gives us. Um, and so I don't know. There's just, there's, there's no reason that we shouldn't practice this, you know? Maybe his next statement's going to tell you how, um, yeah, don't stay in a relationship where you're consistently dishonored. Yeah. I think that's hard for some because you you want to believe the best in people, mm-hmm. but I've I know that happened to some recently that I think spoke into their lives that yeah. whoever they're with is not honoring them and hasn't and isn't going to. So I think it can help you kind of discern a little bit if you're dating with yeah. someone. It's very easy to discern. Oh, this person's not going to change. What is that? I mean, just for the people listening, like, what does that look like? If you think somebody's yeah. being dishonored, like, what is? Yeah, what yeah. are the things that are kind of red flags? Maybe. Well, I think Craig kind of spelled it out for us on Sunday. He said, you know, if you were having, if you were having a celebrity over your house for dinner, what would you do? You know, you would you would be on time. You would make sure things were prepared. Mm-hmm. And then if they were late, you wouldn't be that guy that's like all right come on dude like you know you showed up five minutes late or 15 20 minutes late um and i'm disappointed you know and so i think for me dishonor really has goes hand in hand with respect um Mm -hmm. and so you know you're gonna respect that that person even even though they may have been late you know, they they have value and they have um, a heart. So you're not going to be like this this guy who's just calling them out for being 15, 20 minutes late. Well, for me, it goes back to the commodity thing we talked about for women. Yeah. And I think about my girls, you know, that if a guy's treating you like a commodity, which is something you buy, mm-hmm. sell, trade, and yeah. then discard, yeah. it's kind of easy to know that if you're in a relationship, if you're being mm-hmm. treated that way. Yeah. And uh, you know we you know culturally I think guys have this issue. Yeah, that's the way they think the world is that this woman's for me. You do what I say, and it's the way it's going to be. That does not work, guys. No. Yeah. So yeah. you know that does not work. And you know you need to honor and respect, like you said. Yeah. And, and if you're I, not getting that, you know. Yeah, get out. We said get out. You know. Yeah. yeah. We. It really goes back to what Paul said to the Philippians, and I think I said it earlier. It, it's about looking uh, after somebody else's interests instead mm-hmm. of your own. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned that I was totally unprepared, um, mm-hmm. you know, for for marriage, and I talked a little bit about it last week on the pod about playing basketball, or watching softball. But just another thing, um, you know, I thought I was going to be able to watch you know sports every night. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to learn, you know, mm-hmm. to put Amy's interests in front of my own. And that's just kind of a shallow example, but that's even little things like that. 
You know, what is she interested in? What would what would she like to do? Where would she like to go? Like I, I when we first got together, I always thought, oh, she she'd love to go to the ball game with me. Yeah, why wouldn't she? She's with I'm, me. I'm gonna be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you you, I yeah. I guess you know maybe I'm more, I was more selfish than most people probably, but but that's just that's the way my brain worked. She just wants to be with me. Well, you say specifically. I'm thinking also like this so old fashioned. You know, are you, I mean, open the door for your date. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, does anybody care about doing that anymore? I mean, mm. some women might not like that. I don't know. But I think, of you know, that's what I was taught to respect your date. And I think guys planning would be nice. Yeah, that's huge. Planning mm-hmm. a date rather than just, you know, hey, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to yeah. do? You know, Brendan wants me to decide. Yeah. Sometimes, and I'll decide, and then she'll change it. But you know, but I think at least you tried, though. Yeah, yeah the effort yeah. is there. And I, I really that means what, everything. I, I know this is probably another podcast here, but it does concern me that we feel like in this new culture that sometimes when you respect people, it almost seems demeaning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if y'all know what I'm talking about. It's like um, open a door for somebody or, you know, saying thank you or you look beautiful. Can we not do that anymore, <laughs> you know, without it seeming – I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say other than I, I think <laughs> I think those things are important. Yeah. You know, and I don't think we need to lose that, mm-hmm. you know, because we think – we're, we're we're not looking. I don't want it to feel like I'm I'm putting anyone down by respecting them. Does that make any sense? I don't even know if I'm making any sense at all. But no, uh, I think I a lot of people feel out feel that way. Yeah, I think you might have to edit this out because I don't know what I'm saying. Well, I I think <laughs> I think a lot of people, even if it's something as simple as opening a door for someone, um, they automatically question your motives. I think that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, there's almost because it's so rare. Yeah, is that what they're manipulating me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you like, know. what do you want from me? They, yeah, they want something from me. They, you know, no, I, I'm with you, Brian. I think you're right on that. It, it is hard to know nowadays. Um, man, Amy and I, you know, she said yesterday. She said, like, I can't remember when we weren't married. You know, <laughs> yeah. But I, like, I can't imagine being out there now. Like, yeah. I can't imagine what it's like to be out there mm-hmm. looking, you know, for uh, Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright. And, and, you know, how do you behave? What What is acceptable? What, yeah, I don't know. I, I have no idea. Um, and again, thank God I'm not out there, but uh, I, I, I'm with you. I don't know what, what those lines are now. And I think, it, again, it comes back to what Jesus said a way to discern is how do they love? Yeah. Yeah. You know, how do they love you? Because, you know, it could be sometimes guys will manipulate girls, too. Mm-hmm. So that I think it's important to have a relationship that is God-centered, that's yeah. in church, around friends. It helps you discern that relationship. Well, too, you know? I, I mean, Craig, you were just saying I would hate to be out there looking for – Mr. or Mrs. Wright, it kind of brought me back to the right person myth. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
really what we're talking about in the sense of, you know, if you're out there right now, become the person that the person you're looking for is looking for. And it kind of happens naturally. Like if you want a lady that wants you to open the door for her and wants you to respect her, like do that, you know, if, if you're looking for someone who's like, you know, he doesn't have to open the door for me, you know, that's, that's old school or whatever, then, you know, that's what you do. I think honestly, cause I mean, there, there are people out there. I, we actually have some friends of ours that, um, you know, the girl's like, you know, not against old school stuff, but she's just like, there's no reason for it. It's old school. You know, mm-hmm. like we've moved on from those things. Um, and I get that, you know, that's her opinion on it. But at the same time, you know, like if you, if you want a lady that wants your respect, um, in that sense, do it, you know, and then thing, like I said earlier, things will happen naturally. Um, People will be attracted to you that want you to do those things for them. And people that don't won't won't be around, you know. Yeah, you know, I kind of ended with the idea of preparation and, and kind of tried to really, um, you know, nail it down with the idea of preparation. And, and it made me think even after the fact about all the different ways that we do prepare, all the things in life that we do prepare for, um, but we don't prepare to have you know, successful and God honoring relationships, and um, I think it's because we haven't we haven't been taught and we haven't been yeah. told. You know, preparation is needed. And I kind of finished here Sunday that following Jesus and embracing the idea of loving others as Jesus has has loved us will prepare us to win in our relationships. And I I feel like that resonated with people that hey I I have to get ready for this. I have to become something. I I have to. I have to really like lean into Jesus on this thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seems so simple when you think about it. it it's, you know, because relationships are so complicated. But I, doing this series, I have really been, that's really stuck with me. Mm-hmm. How am I loving my wife? Am I loving like this? Yes. How am I treating my friends? <clears throat> am I loving them like this? Yeah. You know, and when you do love like this, things do change. Yeah, you do become someone, and that's the power of Jesus. Yeah. That's the power of His love, and that's what He's saying. When you stay connected to that vine and stay connected to My love, He guarantees and promises us promises us fruit will happen, love will happen, and I think that's beautiful. Yeah, you know, it's it's what Andy called it a new relational paradigm that yeah. if we get this it will change our lives mm. and I, I think we just got to continue to put that in front of people and teach our children this Yeah. so I'm having my children go through this actually yeah. uh, I don't say we forced them but they had to watch my message they didn't want to watch it with me <laughs> but we watched it and then we discussed it and so now they're watching Craig's message and then we're going to sit down and discuss it this week Yeah. and uh, long story short but Lily came to me last night and was asking me what I thought it was so awesome she said daddy what do I need to read first in the bible hmm. you know to know about what God's love really like and then she's mm-hmm. a Christian and she's yeah. experienced church but I thought that was awesome that she wants to know mm. I told her John First John, yeah, 
you know, that she wants to know now. She wants to become now at 12 years old. I want to start becoming that person. Yeah. yeah. That person is looking for. And I think that's, that's great. amazing. You know? It is mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, any final thoughts on uh, that was Sunday? M- that was mine. Okay. <laughs> that was your final thought? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How about you guys? Anything else you want to add from uh, Sunday's um, message? Yeah. I just, as Brian was talking, and he was talking about, you know, you said following Jesus and embracing the idea of loving others as Jesus loved us will prepare us to win in our relationships. A lot of people um, will take, I actually saw this post, a lot of people have been reposting it, but um, essentially said, you know, people will use Jesus flipped the tables in the temple as an excuse to, you know, act out in anger or whatever. And um, the the post simply said, you know, people are completely disregarding a, a full, you know, lifetime of ministry of grace and yeah. patience and kindness by one incident of mm-hmm. anger whenever, you know, if you really think about what was happening, um, it had nothing to do with an injustice towards him. It was an injustice towards God. Um, and so I don't know. I just, I don't think there's any, yes, we're human. Yes, we're going to mess up, but there's never an excuse to act out in anger. Um, so I don't know. That was just a thought. I thought about that post. I think we're wrapping up. I think that's a, that's a great thought there. And, and I always try to keep in mind that Jesus was full of grace and truth. Mm -hmm. As, Mm -hmm. as people, we have to try to balance it, but he was full to the brim with both. And so, when he flipped tables it was both grace and truth mm. you know and but i agree with what you're saying because i, I i've even used that statement this week they're going to flip tables on him yeah. you know and i think that we do we we take that one incident and want to use it and what we should be doing is is loving and honoring people mm-hmm. and jesus did it for a purpose that day but in in my experience in life um Flipping the tables might get you, you know, an immediate response, but love and honor gets you a lifetime response. Mm. And yeah. that, if if you want people to respond to you, you know, that that's what that's what will elicit the response you're looking for: love and honor. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Cool. I appreciate you guys being in here today. On Sunday, Chase is going to pick up in 1 Corinthians 13 where we left off. It's going to be a great day. Thank all of you for joining us on the Marathon Church Podcast, and we'll talk to you next time.